If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2... Friday rolls on. Great to be with you. Thanks for hanging with us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom in Orlando at Hooch. He's at the bar setting up. All good. That's Director Matthew sitting where Tom normally does. It is Libations Friday. Loosey Goosey edition. By the way, on Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. How you doing? Doing all right? Feeling good? That was fun last night. Utah over Florida. We got to watch Nebraska beat Nebraska as they are. We got more football tonight and then tomorrow and the next day in football and football and football. Woo! It's a beautiful thing. You guys are out to kill in the chat, huh? So early in the year, everybody's so angry. I have to go back. I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe that Lee Sterling thinks that uh, Jaden Daniels is a better passer than Jordan Travis. But even if he does, he's just really wrong. It's okay. <laughs> even if he does, he's just really wrong. That's all. We'll see. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we know better. I think he misspoke. I think he meant that Jordan Daniels, uh, Jaden Daniels, has become a better passer. Uh, meaning by virtue of comparison to who Jaden Daniels was a year ago. We'll see. It'd be hard to be worse, so I think it's almost a, faith, a safe assumption starting a whole year that he could become better because, uh, yeah, he's not good. Not good as a passer. Really good as a runner, though. Really good as a runner. I see the folks there, Tom. How, is it starting to get – like, they opening the doors? Here we go. Let's go. How's Hooch? You get a beer They're, they're welcome. It, the doors are open to anybody who wants to see the show, or I, I guess – one third of the show, right? You're two thirds. I'm a third, but uh, yeah, it's open. They're serving some cold brews. James B's in the back with his brother Carter, and there's some other Knolls on the way. So absolutely, yeah, it's early. I think. I mean, those guys are, are great to show up uh, this early on a Friday before a Sunday night game. Yeah, man, that's cool. That is uh, a wonderful dedication and uh, and loyalty. That's it's a much appreciated. So here's a note for you. I just learned this from Jay, our contact down here in Orlando, who's been, you know, making sure that everything is arranged. Uh, the main stage out here yeah. on Wall Street, 
that's where we're setting up. It's not it's not the adjacent to Hooch stage. It is the main effing thing on Sunday from noon to two for the pregame show. Well, it's it right gonna be, that's going to be fun. The pregame show is going to be fun to do for a lot of reasons. There's always a palpable energy before a matchup like this. But you and I have had a lot of fun talking about this game, as we will again together on Sunday. We've had a lot of fun talking about this game for a lot of reasons. I mean, we Tom and I, just to kind of give you a peek behind the curtains, yeah, we talk even when we're not talking professionally. We just talk we're boys and so occasionally he'll say something about the game or an aspect of the game and then I'll comment on that and we get to thinking and then down the road we go to the analysis we should just record that conversation that could be the pregame show because honestly there are so many facets that we are excited to see think we know but don't really know that's why they play these things I mean I thought Florida would look like a, a bit of a struggle on offense last night given that Graham Mertz was their quarterback and we were right. It turned out that we were 100% right. It's a, it's a problem for them. But you still want to see it. You still got to watch it play out, just like you'll watch these games tonight. You still want to see uh, whatever it is you can glean from some of the matchups tonight. By the way, the matchups aren't great tonight. Uh, you know, if you stay up really late, you get Stanford at Hawaii. This guy may be watching that in Orlando, Tom, because, you know, maybe I've got some potato chips on the line here. Maybe. Well, I... I never question your commitment to watch football games and bet on football games. So it wouldn't stun me if you watch your son's football game in Gainesville. Mm. You're already half, you're more than halfway there, really, to Orlando. And then the first thing you do when you sit in the parking lot of whatever palatial estate you have for this weekend <laughs> is not get your luggage and bring it in. It's pop a beer and sit on the couch. I'll get the luggage later. I wouldn't uh, put that past that, you. That, that is correct. I got to tell a funny story. You know, I, my life's an open book on the airwaves uh, for the most part. So for people that don't know, my son plays for Leon. He's on the JV team. He's what's, what they call a six-quarter player. So he suits up for the varsity. It's his first full year of football. He's a starting wide receiver for them. And, uh, and, and, he, and he played every offensive snap last night, just as he did the week before. And so, you know, it's a weird exercise for me all these years later to be watching my kid play football. And uh, you know what I discovered, Tom? Something last night I discovered that really made me laugh, and it makes it easier for me to watch. They lost last night to Childs, 41-26. to And uh, they were outclassed. They got, they got beat up. And, uh, but Bryce is also the up man on punts on special teams. So he gets everybody set, you know, that guy that's just behind the center to the right or to the left of him and, uh, and has to serve as a blocker for anybody that gets through. So this will make you laugh. The, the center last night, bless his heart, snapped the ball off of Bryce's face mask on a punt from their own 10 on 4th and 15. So the ball hits his face and goes to the ground. Now, I'm sitting up in the stands watching this play out like in slow motion going, pick up the ball, pick up the ball. Like, get on the ball. I don't want to see a scoop and score situation. We go straight from, <laughs> we go straight from pick up the ball to run. You know, because I see this clearing, and I'm thinking, if he can get to the corner, he's a fast kid. If he can get to the corner, this could this broken play could turn into something great. And so he makes a kid miss and gets the corner. So now, you know, I tell you, I watch these games really calmly. I'm not calm at this point because now this broken play could turn into a first down, and they had been struggling. And he gets the corner. He gets the first down. He gets past the marker. He's going to get the first down, and I can see it. And it slows down for me as I realize this other kid has got the angle and Bryce is pinned on the sideline. And in my head, I'm thinking two things. Lower your shoulder and try to truck that kid or get out of bounds. But don't do what you're doing, which is standing straight up. 
He stands straight up and gets decapitated. He does a full helicopter spin and slides into the bench. And to his credit, it made me laugh. He he popped up through the ball to the ref. He was proud. And I was proud that, A, he picked up the first, and, B, handled getting decapitated like a man, and, C, all I could think about was, son, when you get in the car, I've got to talk to you about protecting yourself. Get low, man. Get low. Well, that's a typical wide receiver for you, staying high and not not being the low man who wins. But I will say I'm proud of him already. If he's the up man – on a punt, mm-hmm. do you know what that means? He's one of the glue guys on the team. Oh, already. he gets everybody. If you're an up man yeah. on the punt. Yeah, you are. You are absolutely the glue of the team. That's just that's just a rule. So he's entrusted in his first season of playing football with one of those roles. Where if we did a broadcast, say, you know, that guy, he's just he has all the intangibles. <laughs> he has all. He, he keeps these guys. He's a heart and soul player. Yeah, I think he had three catches for about 15 yards. Uh, but he held on to the ball, and then he got decapitated on a punt that turned out to be an accidental fake punt. <laughs> he got he got drilled. But it was cool to see him get hit and pop back up and laugh about it afterwards. So, you know, that's all you can do. It's football, baby. It's football. What are you going to do? Uh, but it was good. It was good. And it helped me relax. Him getting hit helps me relax, just like it helped me relax when I got hit. I used to always want to be on kickoff or kick return. That way you were guaranteed on the first play of the game to get hit. So what's his routine like? Because I can remember after a game because, and I didn't play football like you did, but just any sporting event I played, hockey especially, I would be drained. I was so hungry. Like, does he just crush food before he goes to bed? Yeah. And does he take aspirin yet? Is he is he old no. enough to take aspirin overnight? No, he doesn't. He didn't take any aspirin, but he did come home and crush a huge meal. And we, I mean, I end up giving him like half the refrigerator after every game. It's 11 yeah. o'clock at night. We got to get up at 530. I'm like, son. Finish this food and go to bed, baby. We got to go to bed. I know. Oh, man. Back to Florida State. Okay, enough about it. It just made me laugh. Football is here on a lot of levels for me now. This is a year where we infuse some other levels of football. You might say I created the opening with a bump, and you said it. I'm going to spike it, though. So before the end of the season, how about a Bryce Cameron Zaxby's Platters Challenge? Bam! After a game. Oh, he'll easily. the whole thing. Probably, probably at this point. And who wouldn't? It's delicious, thanks to our neighborhood Zaxby's, of which there are 52. Unbelievable. 52 Zaxby's right here in Tallahassee for you to choose from. Swing on by one of those 52 and get that big-ass chicken sandwich, thick-cut pickles, split-top bun. You get the, the spicy Zax sauce. You're good to go. Fries are good, too. Fries are good, too. I like all of it. Yeah. Up crinkle cut. Crinkle cut. Uh, yeah, there you go. So uh, let's have uh, let's have a good time with Zaxby's as they have for over 18 years as Golden Chief Boosters. When you support Zaxby's, you're supporting Florida State football because they do that indeed. So that's a good thing. All right. Matchup that Florida State 100% will win. You're leaving it to me? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there to all of us in the chat, okay. to everybody there. Everybody out there, matchup that you think Florida State will win. Florida State wide receivers. Against those two corners. Corners, specifically the corners. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also think, I really do think Jordan, and somebody just said it. Ian just came in the chat and said it. I I really do think Jordan's going to have a good game. Jordan Travis is going to play a good football game. If they lose, it will not be because of Jordan Travis. I, I, I really think... 
um, Jordan will handle the pre- – you know, last year that was a big question mark coming into this game. We talk about what you learn in these kinds of games. And luckily, you know, we said it last year, it's best to learn some things after a win than a loss. You always learn something. But you, when you're learning after a win, you can yuck it up a little bit and talk about some things that got exploited and clean them up. When you're learning after a loss, it's tough because now you're reeling a little bit and you wonder, can you overcome it? And there's the sting of the defeat. But we learned so much so quickly about Jordan Travis last year. Last year, They threw the kitchen sink at him, and he handled it with the greatest of ease, and he, he graduated. He graduated into being a real quarterback against real defenses, against kids that could really run and make plays, and he made all of that look easy, processed, made it all look easy. Yeah, and can we look at those skill position players that he was involved with at the time, too? It was a green Johnny Wilson, Micah Pittman, Pokey Wilson, Cam McDonald, and Treshawn Ward. A far cry worse than what they have this year. Without question. And he was and had the answers with those guys. Well, and the one thing I will say, uh, you've got a lot of candidates here, but Pokey, like he did every game last year when it mattered against good teams, showed up huge. Big catches and big moments. This game was also part of that. That was the first signifier, right? That was the one-hand catch on a perfectly thrown ball. He's being held with his other arm. He had the flea, flea all of it. It was he was really good. There, there are plenty of guys now that you could say are candidates to be that guy. There's not just one guy. There's plenty of guys that you think could be that guy. Keon Coleman could be a superstar in this game. There's a chance Destin Hill is a superstar in this game. Jaheim Bell, a tight end, could be a superstar in this game. Johnny Wilson at 6'7 is always a threat to make big plays in any game because he's a matchup problem. So they have so many weapons there and other guys that come along for the ride that you think will be plus players. Uh, I'm really rooting for a Winston Wright who's waited for basically two years to try to come back from his situation. I don't know uh, if he'll have a big game or not, but you wouldn't be surprised if he was certainly a big contributor. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Again, given the way he looked in that last practice, that was the final box to check for me. The ones I'm talking about, the one inside the stadium, the last of camp. We were there together. There were three plays, one of which was a brilliant throw from Jordan Travis. It's an anticipatory throw, the likes of which I think was even more than I've seen from Jordan, which gets me more excited about the quarterback. But then there are two other plays where Winston is going full speed. You don't see a sleeve on the knee or the leg or anywhere that, that tells you that there's compression going on because he needs more blood flow. Like just all of the boxes that, that you need to see from Winston have been checked. He's never going to be as explosive as Destin Hill. He never was even before the accident. That's the one thing. We were so starved for decent wide receiver play that we looked at Winston Wright as explosive. But now you've got Destin Hill, and now you've got Vandravius Jacobs in a year or two. You've got guys that are legitimately explosive at Georgia or Alabama. But Winston looks to be at full speed, and and again, he's polished. And he's a guy I think I'd rather have on the field than Destin. In fact, I know I do. If it's third and five and you need to move the chains, I'd rather have Winston in the slot if I'm given an either-or choice because I think he'll make those tough catches in traffic. Yeah, I'm going back to Jordan Travis and the and the guys that he was throwing to a year ago, uh, Tom. And you brought up Pokey, you brought up Johnny Wilson, but you got to remember this. So, of the players that he threw to last year, and and this is not a knock on folks, but it's also uh, it's speaking to what they've done to infuse even more explosiveness here. Johnny Wilson had 16 catches for down the stretch when Florida State was really really good, right? When he was comfortable, when he when Jordan Travis averaged, you know, the Florida State averaged 42.2 points per game. During that stretch, he completed 67% of his passes, 
15 yards per completion. He spread the ball out in this way. You ready? Nobody averaged three catches per game. Did you know that? So down that stretch, his targets were split between Johnny Wilson, 16 catches for 405 yards, Ontario Wilson, 11 catches for 199 yards, Kentron Portier, eight catches for 143 yards. Ja'Kai Douglas, nine catches for 117 yards. Malik McLean, lest we forget. Malik McLean, 10 catches for 115. A combined tied in uh, combination for 18 catches, 250 yards. That was Cam McDonald and Marquiston Douglas. And then he threw to his backs. Lawrence Toa Feely and Trey Benson combined for 20 catches, 303 yards. The wideouts. Obviously, we were able to stretch the defense and open up spaces in between, but that is really fascinating. And by doing that, that's when you saw Benson and Toa Feely combined for almost six yards per carry. Yeah. Benson, by the way, during that stretch, averaged 4.2 after contact. They, th- th- that was with that group of receivers. Now you throw in Keon Coleman and, as you said, Winston Wright, and you throw in Destin Hill – and you really realize, and it's and it's it's going to be a better version of Johnny Wilson too. Uh, now you really realize where this could go, where this offense could go. Throw in Jaheim Bell, and he is a plus 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 tight end to go along with Marquise Douglas and Kyle Morlock. Yeah, that's the other thing too about this offense. You know, is is there's only one football. You heard Ron Dugan say that during camp towards the end. It it put me at ease a little bit that the wide receiver room understands that there's only one football. Like it, it's easy now. There hasn't been adversity, but still. That's important that the receivers understand that, the running backs understand that, because they've got four or five really good ones there at that position group too. But when you cite those numbers, that tells me that Jordan Travis is about the matchup, not the player. Always, always. And that is eye-to-eye with the philosophy of this offense. It's always important to have a quarterback who sees the world the same way the offensive coordinator, or in this case, the head coach does. And judging by those targets, those numbers, if a guy's one-on-one, he's going to him. It's not he's got his favorite dude and he's turning down somebody who's open because he's going to throw to his favorite guy. With an offense as loaded as this, that's really, really important because you're going to have one-on-ones by definition because of all how many weapons there are, just the raw number of them. I think uh, the, the the great trick, and that, I, I, that's the wrong way to phrase it, the, the, the great buy-in that we reference all the time of, with this team and its players, with all of the transfers, right? We, we talk about buy-in, buy-in, buy-in. You have to have it if you're going to have this many transfers come in, right? Is that basically Mike is able to tell great receivers, a guy like Keon Coleman who's going to play in the league and could, if he has a good year, be a first-round draft pick, that, hey, man, there are going to be days where you just don't see the ball, that the matchup isn't for you, that this matchup – it's better for so-and-so, or we're going to really run the ball in this game because of the way this defense plays, or this is a game where we really think we have the best one-on-one matchup for Destin Hill or whomever the guy in the slot's going to be at the time that you're having that conversation with Keon Coleman, right? You you have to not just say to guys, hey, I think we, you know this is going to be a productive offense. These are the kinds of numbers we project. We project 40-plus points a game. We project this many yards passing per game. We project total offense to be ranked in the top 10. We project You can't do that because if you're going to be really honest with guys about their role and you're going to have expectations that are different than for whatever else they're being pitched around the country, you have to also tell them, hey, the ball goes to whoever the matchup favors that week, and it may not be you each week, partner. 
Well, and that's one of the things, you know, you look at the LSU clips from last year. I don't want to call it film because we don't get to see it. Yeah, but the anger, up, the up, anger. Right. But if you're looking at the way that the season matriculated and, and the the evolution of the Jaden Daniels offense at LSU, what you're seeing is a total commitment to the to the running ability of the quarterback. You're seeing that the backside of a play that where the, the play is not designed against Alabama You've got three blocks being set just in case Jane Daniels, who is singularly gifted at doing what he's doing, has to break back. And in a couple of instances, that's exactly what happened. But that's the commitment level that you see. And they know that they've got a special guy behind them. I need to continue to do this in case of a really good setting, which is a broken play. Broken plays are good news for Jane Daniels. The same thing here. We have to buy into blocking for your teammate. You know, if it's Johnny Wilson for Lawrence Tofili on an outside zone, okay. If it's Johnny Wilson for Destin Hill underneath, if it's Kentron, because Johnny's going to be in a one-on-one matchup, you got to be selfless in that way. you got to have the total buy-in. And the good thing, that the best thing that Micah Pittman did for this group was that he instilled that kind of a culture in which Ron Dugans credits him for this all the time. He says he was the first one to block, and I could say, look at how little this guy is. Johnny, why aren't you doing what Micah's doing? You know, but you've got to have that across the board, that selflessness, because if you only get three targets that night, you could get 10 the next week. But you have to do everything you possibly can for your teammate in the interim. And, and, and we've seen that. But now there are even more weapons on this offense that have to do that as well. We're going to play a little game in a second, Tom. After we take this break, we're going to welcome in a new advertiser. And they'll be in full force as we start the week. But we want to welcome him to the Jeff Cameron Show. And we're going to have some fun with this. It's an opportunity to do so. Um, we all know, for example, how important it is to score in the red zone. Want to know if you're prepared for success in the retirement red zone, the five years leading up to your retirement date, and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, that's right, his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us are at midfield. Some of us want to plan ahead. Others are already down there in the goal line, want to punch it in, whether you're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family from a long-term care event, or carefully planning your legacy. The Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of advertising experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, head over to noelretirement.com. You'll be hearing that a lot in the days to come. That is one word, noelretirement.com. You and I are going to do the Red Zone uh, computations here in a second time when we come back for this segment. Artisan Financial Strategies helping us out with all of this. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
always strikes me when I remember how old this album is. Jeff Cameron Show, Live Asians Friday, 93.3. Real Talk Radio or Chat TV. I overlooked some folks. I want to get to the Red Zone stuff we were talking about in just a moment. But let me answer this really quickly. Tom and I can both answer this. Uh, first, uh, Dave wrote in, and we doffed the cap. Thanks, Dave. In uh, Bardstown, he wrote, what are the number UF players on special teams wearing number three on the field at the same time, days away from kickoff? If that's confusing, talk to Napier. Uh, Lewis, P86, wrote, Knowles, 41-21. It's time for a primetime ass-whipping. As for the Gators, damn, just damn, go Knowles. Ricky writes, hey, guys, any advice on how to finish up my 6 p.m. anniversary dinner before kickoff at 7.30? Well, now, Ricky, I don't know how long you've been married. I don't know how long you've been together with this uh, this person. I don't know what kind of honest dialogue you have. You've got to set the standards early in a relationship about the kind of things that you can handle being said to you and that your loved one can handle you saying back. And that way you can have these moments of really honest dialogue where you say, Hun, I love you. I also love football and Florida State football in particular. They kick off an hour and a half from right now. So why don't we share our love for the next hour and 20 minutes over this dinner and this bottle of wine or whatever it might be and then enjoy the game together some 10 minutes after that the way that one enjoys a game, which is not paying attention to her every whim or need, but rather watching the television. So see, you got... You, you got to be able to lay it out there. But it's all about the honesty and the honest dialogue. Want to add to that, Tom? Yeah, well, no, I, I'm, it's a revelation to me. Typically, I know what time the game kicks off because of the pregame show. I can just back time it. It's 7.30 and not 8. I don't know what time our game kicks off. Okay, I'm just know I'm there. I think it's 7.30. If it's 7.30, man, that pregame show is going to go to a It's a long postgame show. I mean, that's a long postgame. That's what I was like, oh, man, okay. I thought it was going to be a compressed post-game show with a an 8:20 kickoff and an 11:45 finish to the game, and boy, we better get that in in the hour and 15. This could be like a two and a half hour post-game show. All right, all right, that's all right. Here we go. <laughs> um, Florida State, LSU confirmed. ABC 7:30. Tom, 7:30. Well. We're going to take all the phone calls, everybody. <laughs> all the phone calls. All, all, of them. all of them. All right. Anyhow, I think that's the answer. 730. Like, hey, babe, the game's a game. What do you want me to do? 730. That's what we're doing here. Uh, Artists and Financial Strategies, thank you. And it's great to have you on board. And uh, as I just got done before the break, telling you guys about them joining up, powering with us partnering with us, celebrating with us, I'll point you to noelretirement.com. That's one word, noelretirement.com. Retirement Red Zone Talk, Tom. Give me the red zone action that you and I discussed as we'll add this to our weekly segments of fun here and make it pertain to Florida State football or football in general. I think we're going to add some elements to this as yeah. time goes yeah. on, too. Maybe like some dramatic music. Lynch came on this week, and we're just getting settled yep. here. Next week, it's a much more you know solidified, straightforward. We'll, we'll, we'll be consistent. So it's going to be four downs. That's how we're going to do it. Uh-huh. See what we did there? Mm-hmm. Four uh, questions like for it. you. Yep. I get to pepper you. I get to oh, pepper you. Oh, you get to pepper questions. me. All right. So question number one, does Florida State – 
averaged more or less than 40 points on offense this season. 12 games. The 12 games, nothing else, do they average north of 40 points? Yeah, I'll cite something I said uh, earlier in the show today, and I think that the answer is yes. Uh, the last seven games of the year, they averaged 42.2 points per game and over seven yards per play during that win streak. In that span, they were first nationally in points per drive, in scoring drives per game, and second in yards per drop back, second in uh, three and out rate, so they got a lot of opportunities. They were third in gains of 20 uh, yards or more. So they were not only efficient, they killed it in the red zone at over 75%. The yards per play, I told you what they were there. That was, um, you know, if you think if you think about them being first in a lot of really telling statistics, I, I, I understand LSU is not, you know, some of the teams they played a year ago. But look at this schedule, Tom. Ten of the games, they ought to light up these defenses. Yes, I'll say over 40 points a game. I tend to agree. It's not about me, though. Second down. Your question is mm. more receiving yards on Sunday night. More receiving yards on Sunday night. Mm. Malik Neighbors mm-hmm. or Keon Coleman. Oh, man. Isn't that good? God, it's tough. I'll tell you why that is tough. The balance of receivers for Florida State, the, the ability to spread the ball around. Neighbors was first or second in a million categories in the SEC last year, including receptions and yards. So he was literally the guy for them. I want to say Keon Coleman because I think he's actually, I think he's the better receiver. Now, LSU fans would argue, and I get why. But I think we're too balanced, and Keon will get hurt by that. Neighbors will receive the bulk of the uh, action and the targets for LSU, so I'll say neighbors. Okay. Now, this one might tell the story of the game, as our pal Joe used to say. Might help you uh, flesh out the story of the game. More total rushing yards, LSU or Florida State? Florida State. I think Florida State won't. See, I know why you disagree with me, because the scrambling yards count for Jaden Daniels. I think we're better equipped to handle that this year than we were a year ago. And I also think that Florida State has a bevy of really talented runners. So Jordan will get his fair share, especially in situations where they're in man. If they're in man uh, and turn their back to Jordan, he'll have two or three long scrambles. And then you think about what Trey Benson and the rest of this running back room can do behind this offensive line. I actually think Florida State will run the ball better, more effectively. That is uh, that is stunning to me. As uh, Gene Williams has entered the building to my right, there he is right next to the microphone to say hello. Uh, <laughs> question number four: Turnover count higher for Florida State's defense or LSU's defense? Who comes away with more takeaways? It's really not. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you this: turnovers uh, are drastically different year over year for most programs. You know, if you could predict them, uh, then you you know then it was something that you would strategize for. Uh, it's a coin flip. Uh, I'll say more for Florida State, meaning that we get more because I think that they'll have to put the ball in harm's way more frequently. And therefore, I also like what I've seen so far under Patrick Sertan. I mean, this is a guy that has taught so far in camp so much to these young kids in the secondary about attacking the ball when it's in the air and using zone eyes and coming downhill to make play on the football. I think you may see some violence at the point of the uh, the catch and some tip balls because of that. And I think Florida State will benefit greatly from that this year. 
Yeah, I just I think in regards to that, I know I've done the thing with the three picks and whatever. It's just this whole defense is about the philosophy of it should be about, in my mind, getting the third and obvious any way that you can. Because with third and obvious, the way this secondary has gotten downhill from the beginning of camp, and we saw it before they put shoulder pads on, like, wow, this is just different the way they approach finding the football. You get in a third and obvious with that defensive line that you don't have to bring extra rushers for. You don't need to bring a fifth man or a sixth man last year. You'd bring a safety, and it took 10 seconds for him to get to the quarterback. You don't have to do any of that. You combine that with a secondary that does not have to bite on a second move because they can reasonably expect that the ball is going to have to come out quickly. They're just in position to get the ball back so many times for this offense. And if they can get to third and obvious, I think that's where they're going to benefit. I think they will, which is why I think that Florida State will win the turnover battle. I like it. Was that third down or fourth down? That was fourth. Okay, we did it. <laughs> I could. I was having fun with that. I was having a lot of fun with that. For more, noelretirement.com, noelretirement.com, and our thanks and our welcome aboard, our hearty welcome aboard to Artisan Financial Strategies. Appreciate you. Love Adam. He's great and diehard Noel, and obviously he's there to help, man. That's 30-plus years of experience, world-class resources, all that stuff, Artisan Financial Strategies, and go to noelretirement.com. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I see the discussion in the uh, chat is uh, who who takes it harder if we lose. Our fans, their fans, Florida State folks or uh, LSU folks. Okay, Jeff. All right. Phrasing. Phrasing. I got it. Uh, But, honestly, you know, I I always think our fans tend to take things in the worst possible way. They, They perceive slights are everywhere to my fellow Knowles at all times. And they have rabbit ears for them. They're listening for that bastard that dares speak ill of Florida State. And they seek him out all over the internet. Like some dumbass town idiot in Kansas has a negative thought about FSU, and we will overwhelm that bitch on Twitter. Within seconds, they'll post where he lives. It's nuts. <laughs> so I always laugh at that. There's always this massive leap. Uh, from our fan base where they're like, well, this son of a bitch probably hates the country too. I mean, it's crazy how they go. It's nuts. Isn't that the nature of Twitter slash X.com though? Mm -hmm. It's the stage that never existed for the idiot from Duncanville, Kansas to get 500 likes and be seen like, you know? Yeah. I always laugh. I'm like, easy, man. Easy. What do you care what that guy has to say? He's nobody. Yeah, a, a PSA for the folks driving down. Apparently, 75 is a bit of a mess. The wife just got rerouted through Ocala, had to come off the road and go through Ocala and come back on. So, uh, safe travels, everybody. Man, come on now. I've got a lot of traveling to do today. I don't need all this. 
Get it together out on the roads. Jeff's driving. Doesn't matter about the rest of y'all. I'm driving later. Let's get it together. You know, you know enough cops. Where the hell's your police escort? Do we know any state troopers? I do, but I don't think they're going to give me a police escort to Gainesville and then back over to Orlando. It's you. Of course they will. Uh, I wish. Uh, Troy Knoll, Jeff and Tom, happy game day weekend. Did you hear what the LSU coach said about us in the game this Sunday? And then he adds clown. So here's, this illustrates my point. Um, no, no, no. I, 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 did he predict that LSU's going to win? Coaches tend to do things like that, especially if they're talking to uh, their fan bases. Um, I don't, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, did he? Did, I guess he did say that. He told somebody that they were going to kick Florida State's ass. Oh, really? Well, okay. I think he said. I, I still haven't seen what he said because it didn't interest me. But I do know that if they're speaking to boosters and or uh, fans of the team, they tend to get you know to get a little excitable we're gonna beat the hell out of fsu all right did he maybe he said you know for the first time in my life i'm gonna out coach mike norvell i swear <laughs> this time it's gonna happen this is gonna be the time <laughs> uh no i what's funny about it is that again i this this gets coaches these days in the era of the internet in trouble because a lot of times it used to be you could go and speak to a crowd of like-minded folk who you're trying to get riled up for the game and say things that are provocative about another team, another coach, another player, their fans, the result of the game, etc. And it kind of just stayed in that room amongst your base, right? Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, they do suck. I agree. I hate them. And then, you know, that's the way it worked. But now it's like, man, Brian Kelly said something negative about Florida State. And then it becomes this big deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's part of it, right? I, I think with, with uh, our culture, maybe this is the society rant of a uh, libations Friday. But we really go from I disagree with him to I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, really oh, fast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It become yeah, it's accelerated very quickly. <laughs> I've watched it happen with listeners of the show. Uh, like I, I really, I really liked you till yesterday when you said that thing that I didn't like. And then that's <laughs> where you're like, oh, okay, what are you gonna do? That reminds me of the guy who came for the uh, the 1270 pregame shows for years. Yeah, but he never waited for me to get there. No, he always Bitch came by this. He, <laughs> he mm. said, he's a coward. Mm. He's a coward. And every time I would tell him, well, next week he'll be here at this time. Yeah. And the guy would show up an hour after you were gone. Uh, yeah. And then he'd yeah. yell. Yeah. I was like, I'll be here, buddy. That's where I'll be. Uh, I don't... Listen, I don't know what he said. He may have tried to uh, get his fans all pumped up, and, and that's fine. And listen, it, I don't really think there's such a thing as message board material. It works amongst fans. It does work amongst fans. But really, generally speaking, we get about three plays into a game. It's really not there. It's just not there. You're trying to execute at warp speed, by the way. And it's a violent, fast game. You don't have time. Either. Now, what was it he said? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't you you can use it you can well allow me to retort after the game you can certainly do that you can say you can rub it in their faces but in game mm, you know it doesn't really matter it doesn't it doesn't change the way you play no. Well, in-game, Brian Kelly will say something even more stupid, like he's trying to land the McKay line about the execution of his players, or he'll talk about his family <laughs> or some <laughs> yeah, such thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, it does, I will say this. I do think it matters. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out who is this game more important for. That's a better question, a more a more interesting discussion here. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think like who does this matter more for? And there's a I think it's more important for Mike and for Adam and for this program. I do. I think this game is more important for FSU than LSU. Yes, Most certainly 100%. is because the really the narrative around this game is we know we're better. We know we've come a long way in a hurry. We know we're on the cusp of being very good for the foreseeable future. Like all the evidence points to that. What you want to identify in a game like this is how good are you? Where in that good spectrum are you? Are you elite already or are you just good? but not quite there at elite. Well, they haven't won anything. I keep saying this, and I've brought this up many times. It was absolutely critical to the prolonged success of the Mike Norvell era and to the staff and to recruiting and to any future success that they have the season and that they take the step a year ago that they did. They had to do that. I actually went as far as to say they were dead men walking if they didn't, and I'll stand by that. I believe, most assuredly I believe, that if last year's team went 6-6 and and did not rebound after those three straight losses to win out, Florida State would find themselves, and Mike Norvell in particular, would find themselves in dire straits. Dire straits. Because of the impact it would have on recruiting and your inability to get turned around. I say it all the time, something I've learned, it took a while, I had to mature a little, had to see a lot of things play out. Good good coaches, good football coaches get fired all the time. Some of it has nothing to do with your acumen for the game. It is your ability to garner traction early when you become the new guy taking over a bad situation. How quickly can you get to where you're at least walking? You can't be crawling forever. You got to start walking and you got to start walking pretty quick. Then we go from walking to running and then sprinting and all that, and we get into the analogies of, okay, are we running now? Are we sprinting? Are we world-class? Can we win? You know, but this is – got to get to that realm pretty quickly. So last year was huge. Now the question is, is Florida State elite? Yeah. You know, that that's really the question. I don't think there's any question that LSU is going to win under Brian Kelly. They already did in year one. They won the West in year one. In year one. That guy wins. They've got a ton of money. When they're operating at peak efficiency at LSU, the coaches win national championships, one after the other. The last three head coaches at LSU have won the national championship. So when things are right and they're they're operating at peak efficiency, they do. But that's also true at Florida State when things are operating at peak efficiency. You can win the national championship. How quickly will you do it? Well, LSU is secure by the fact that they're going to make money hand over fist because of the conference they're in. We're not right now. We're a little concerned. We've got to play way up here and become elite quicker and sustain it. So that's why you feel the added pressure. I really do think this is a bigger game. Now, if they lose the game, is the season lost? No, it's not. It's not. Our fans will think so, but it's not. How you lose matters, and we'll discuss it. How you win matters, and we'll discuss it. But I think Florida State, this is a bigger game for Florida State. Yeah, agreed. I'll put it succinctly. LSU's ahead of schedule. In their first year, they win the West. They beat Alabama. Okay. You know, if you're an LSU fan, you are in love with the trajectory of your program. For us, there was COVID, a bad roster, a rotten locker room in terms of culture. You had to turn, or you had to fight through all those things, and you finally emerge. You're breathing for air in your third year. 
So you're you're kind of still maybe a little behind schedule or just on schedule. The question is, can you get ahead the way LSU already is? If you win this game and you look good doing so on Sunday, you're back ahead of schedule pending the Clemson result, and that's the next big one. Yeah, and I, and I, I will say that I think um, as far as Florida State goes, a win here just solidifies the sense that this collective fan base has, which is that Florida State skipped a step and they are already worthy of being talked about in this way. You know, I, I think that that's what that does. Uh, if they don't, you know, I mean, I will tell you that, um, again, we get back to how this game plays out. Is this 38-35 and a lot of fun and you play well, but it comes down to the wire? Or is this, you know, you get beat badly by a couple touchdowns and it's a wake-up call that you're still not deep enough uh, from a talent standpoint. I, I, I have a, I'll just say this, that the wake-up call for Florida State if they lose this game is going to be on defense. You have documented that and linebacker as well. I, I, yes, yes. I, I would agree with you if it's going to happen, it'll, something that pisses you off, it'll happen to the defense. But let's see what they can do with good players and that way we can judge them once and for all and fairly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's it. That's the that's where we're at with this. It's fun though. It's fun. Uh, do we do probables on Elevations Friday before the game? You got one more? We can. Uh, the one thing I would say is about the hell to the gnaw that we promised. It's going to be only on the pod feed. That that's just the way it is these days with with the copyright uh, bots that are out there. Even for uh, the the late Reverend who, who created the that uh, is correct. Hell to the gnaw team. Yeah, it will be on the pod. If you listen to the pod, you will hear us give you the hell to the gnaw team of the week. Tommy, hold it down in Orlando. I'll see you tonight. Take care. Thanks, buddy. See you, brother. I'll All see right. you in a couple minutes for the hell to the gnaw. Yeah, there you go. Uh, cue it up really quick. We got less than a minute. I'm going to rapid fire this baby. Chicago and Cincinnati. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's time for <laughs> how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Wicks and Ashcroft, Cubs Reds game two, TBD Marlins, Nats, Yuri Perez, Jake Irvin, Mariners, Mets, TBD, Sanga time, Rays, Guardians, Tyler Glasnow, Cal Quantrill, Joe Ryan, and Max Scherzer. That's Twins, Rangers, Red Sox, Royals, James Paxton, Jordan Wilds. Let's skip ahead of the Buccos, Cardinals, Mitch Keller, Dakota Watson. No, that's Hudson. Slip of the tongue, Zach Wheeler, Freddie Peralta, Phillies, Brewers. There you go, Matthew. Giants, Padres, Tristan Beck, Michael Waka, Braves, Dodgers. Great game. Max Fried, Julio Uris. That's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Woo! See you in Orlando, kids. Gonna be a good time. Go Knowles. We'll be back on the air on Monday to recap it all. Listen to the pregame show. Watch Wartan TV. Have a great weekend. Be good to each other, all right? Be good. Peace.